Well, this morning, uh, great to see you, and thanks for being with us. And this morning, I'm going to speak on something that really applies, to, again, to all of us. So kids, this is, applies to you, teenagers, everyone in between. And we're going to be taking a look at this topic, which affects some of us daily, some of us maybe weekly, some of us different seasons of our life that affects us more than others. And that has to do with this. We're going to be talking about hardship, suffering, pain, illness. And this could be affecting us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And we realize that it's all very interconnected. And sometimes those things happen because our bodies are broken. And that affects a lot of different things. Sometimes it's the circumstances around us. Sometimes it's our environment that we find ourselves in. Sometimes it has to do with our finances. And sometimes there's so many things that cause us hardship that are completely out of our control. There's just so many variables involved. And I don't know about you, but when those things happen, it's quite natural to ask some questions about why these things are going on. So how many of you, if you've gone through a hard time, have you ever questioned kind of what's going on? Thank you for your honesty and raising your hands. It's very natural to go, why, why is this happening? Why is it happening to me? How long is this going to go on? How do I deal with this? How am I going to get through this? So many different things. And it affects our emotions. Sometimes things are so unjust. It makes us sad. It makes us angry. It makes us depressed. It can be fearful, anxious, discouraging, all of the above. And we have lots of examples that I'm going to focus on more today, physical health, but it applies to all kinds of different aspects, and Gary is just sharing that, which was so applicable. The two things as we came to our worship, Gabby just saying, you know what, sometimes we just got to ask for help. We're going to get to that. Gary's saying, God's saying this morning, I am with you no matter what you're going through. But today we're going to talk about some physical things, and this morning we were supposed to have our friend Andy Robinson was supposed to be speaking right here, right now. So Andy and Hazel were coming from Horsham, England, and part of our family of churches, and they were coming for the first time. We were excited for them to come. We've been uh, sort of advertising that before Christmas and into the new year, saying Andy and Hazel are coming. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good to have some guests come in February <laughs> in the middle of winter to come and encourage us. And obviously, Andy's not here this morning, and Andy shared with us. So just three weeks ago, just as you're getting ready Andy messaged me and he said, oh, Joe, I got to meet, I got to talk to you right away. And so he and I Zoomed and Andy's like, Joe, I'm sorry, I got some bad news. I'm not able to come in February. I just found out I have bowel cancer. And we were able to pray this past um, Sunday night and I just shared how they found bowel cancer. And as they did some other scans, a spot on his liver, spot on his lung. So chemo, surgery, and a tough road ahead. So we're going to keep praying for Andy. We had at our men's event on Tuesday night, we had Trevor over here, Cher, Trevor Parker. We had Graham, who's helping serve at the very back, Rich, Cher, and both going through very difficult circumstances. So Graham shared his story, finding out just a, oh, about a year ago, finding out he's got cancer, and all the journey of going through that. And as Graham just shared very vulnerably and humbly just shared what it is to walk out that journey and still in it, and chemo and all the different things that go with it. Trevor shared his story. Many people wouldn't know Trevor 20 years ago, right now, almost died, and remember seeing Trevor in the hospital and just skin and bones, and I remember you were upriver, and I remember Angela and I, we just, Micah was just born, our firstborn, and just a couple of weeks old, and we drove upriver because Trevor in the hospital up there, and we thought, this is the last time we're going to see Trevor. And it was such an emotional time because we visited, we prayed for you, but we thought this is our goodbye. And I remember just driving home, this great tension of we just had a newborn, and yet I think Trevor's going to die. And yet God saved him. And Trevor's here, and through that journey in 2018, cancer, surgery, and now Trevor just shared that they've, he's got an 18-millimeter cyst or something on his lung that they're just trying to figure out and you know it's been a big journey and they just shared open honestly the ups and downs the highs and lows 
the fears, the difficulties, and yet through all that, Jesus is here. Jesus is with us. The church is walking with us. Powerful, humbling, honest, real, vulnerable, trusting Jesus both now and eternity. And folks, we've been doing this formation series, and I've been taking a look at, and as Mark goes through Ephesians, I've been taking a look at this whole behold Jesus. We're transformed as we behold Jesus. And I don't know if you remember or not where that came from, because it took me a while to get there, but actually a year ago right now, on a Sunday morning during a worship time, God put this thing in my heart, and I don't know if you remember me sharing it. I'll go through it again, but I shared it on a Sunday morning, and that sort of began uh, a journey for me of just this whole beholding Jesus, that as we behold Jesus, we're transformed as we behold Jesus. And I shared a year ago during our worship time, because I was sitting right down here as I was this morning, and this doesn't always happen. A lot of times I get pictures and words and scriptures and different things, but the sense of urgency that this picture that God gave me brought, I don't usually experience. And I'll remind you of the picture I had, and I got up here and I shared it, and the picture I had was, there's been two different contexts that I've been in in my life where in an emergency, this has happened. And so this has happened a lot, um, as I shared with you before, in my previous uh, world, I was an athletic therapist and more like sort of a paramedic, that sort of aspect of things. And somehow, I just find myself in these situations where people are injured or hurt, and that's just how it goes. I've got a million stories. And sometimes in those serious injuries, people broken bones and different things, this is what I have to do when you're first on the scene. This is what you're doing. You're saying, you got to look at me, and you don't focus on the pain, you don't focus on the injury, you don't focus on this. you got to focus on me, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to walk through this, but you need, and they're starting to like freak out and everything and go into shock. You're like, no, you need to look at me. And there's that urgency and that seriousness, but also compassion and concern is you need to keep your eyes on me. You listen to my voice. We're going to walk through this, but you need to focus on me. And the second context that God showed me is many times with our kids, we've gone by accidents, we've gone by traumatic things, and our kids, which is natural, what do you want to do? You want to look. So we're going by something, and I'm saying to my kids, hey, hey, don't look at that. You need to look at me. And that was what I shared a year ago. And folks, there's a seriousness and an urgency, but also a compassion from God that comes through in our circumstances of life. That's what Jesus says to us. Just saying, don't look at all the different things. I know it's painful. I know you're going through it, but you need to keep your eyes on me. And how many times have we heard Hebrews quote it that, we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so we've been going through, beholding Jesus, and these are just some of the things, because as we behold Jesus, and as we're followers of Jesus, we understand this, who Jesus is and his identity and what Jesus has done for it affects and gives us our identity, and it gives us our purpose in life. And so briefly, we've been looking at this. We've been seeing that Jesus is the creator, and therefore in Christ we are new creations. Jesus is the Son of God, and in Christ we become sons of God. That Jesus is the great high priest, and in Christ we become the priesthood of all believers. We see that Jesus is King of kings, and in Christ we become ambassadors of his kingdom. That Jesus is the light of the world, and he in turn says, as you follow me, you are the light of the world. That Jesus is the sent one, and as the Father sent him, Jesus says to us, I'm sending you. We looked at last week, Jesus was at work about his Father's kingdom, and he says, now, as you follow me, you're co-workers with me. And this morning, we're going to look briefly at Jesus is the suffering servant. And folks, as we follow Jesus, part of it is we're going to be servants who are going to suffer. And I know some theologies are because Jesus is a suffering servant, we are health, wealth, and never have a problem again. That's not what it's about. Jesus is suffering servant we're going to see. And as we follow him, yes, Jesus does incredible things for us, but we're still servants. And as we're going to see, we're going to go through some hardship and suffering as we follow Jesus. So you can't avoid it. You've got to get ready. And this is the verse 
that we're going to just focus on briefly this morning. John 16, 33. And as we put that verse up, here's the context. This is Jesus before he went to the cross as he was going to lay down his life. And he's following, he's bringing his disciples together and he's giving them sort of his last speech to them. And it's all about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, hey, I'm going to depart. I'm going to go. But another one who's just like me, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to be your helper, counselor, comforter, teacher, advocate, and he's pouring into them, and he's just about to go to the cross. And we read this in John 16, 33. So if you're able, why don't you read this with me? I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Whew, that's a powerful verse from Jesus. Jesus saying to say, well, I told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus saying, hardship, trouble, suffering, you can't avoid it, you can't deny it, you might not always be able to explain it, most of the time it's probably going to be unfair. However, I'm with you, and I'm going to give you my peace. So let's behold Jesus. Let's just go through a few things about Jesus, the suffering servant. Quickly, we're just going to say this. Jesus was born into hardship. So I won't redo the whole Christmas story, but we'll just say this. Jesus was born into a poor family. Early on, just after he was born, he became a fugitive. He had to flee the country as they were trying to murder him. He became a refugee. He was targeted. Folks, he was born into hardship. As king of kings, he was born into poverty, not at the palace. Jesus faced hardship. Even though Jesus was fully God, he was fully human, and he lived as a human being here in daily life, and he had an enemy who wanted to discredit him and sabotage and destroy Jesus. And we see that. It says the Bible says this, that Jesus got hungry. Jesus was tired. Jesus at times was homeless. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was rejected. He faced opposition he faced severe trials. Jesus faced hardship. Ultimately, Jesus suffered and died from hardship. And some of the songs we were singing about this morning are explaining this. But Jesus, even though, I mean, just think about it again, the context. Jesus, miracle worker, incredible teacher, yet beaten mocked, rejected, betrayed, disfigured, shamed, naked on a cross. And he died, physically died in agony. And in doing so, Jesus fulfilled so many prophecies that were spoken about hundreds of years before he came to planet Earth. And we're going to read one of them it's a bit long, but it's, every word is important. And as we read this, folks, you have to understand, when we sang about it this morning, one of the songs, is some people say God's distant, you know, far away, removed, cold. God entered suffering humanity. And tonight, if you watch a certain football game, you might see some commercials about this. And it's just this. He gets us. Folks, he gets us because he was one of us. All right. Ollie, do you mind just doing this? Since you have a microphone, can you just read this passage? It's going to come up because I have to collect myself for a minute. <laughs> so I'm going to. I'm going to start bawling here in a moment. So can you just read each slide as we go through the end of Isaiah 52 and 53? That would help me a lot. Thank you. Thanks. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there are many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. 
so, that, so will many nations marvel at him, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like no one, sorry, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers, it's silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of people, of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the, and with the rich in his death though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death. And was numbered with the many transgressors. For he bore the sin of many. And made the intercession for the transgressors. Thank you, Ollie. Hundreds of years earlier, Isaiah had spoken about this, about a man of sorrows familiar with pain, familiar with suffering. And Jesus fulfilled all of that. Jesus was the suffering servant. He obeyed his Father's will. He served. He gave his life as a ransom. He was unselfish. Despised, rejected, suffering, pain, sorrow, sacrifice. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus was our sacrifice. Jesus was the offering. Folks, I'm going through the Bible reading plan right now, so I've been Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I'm telling you, if you've ever read those, Talk about offerings and sacrifices. It's, it's hard to read. God's holy. And he says to the priest, you know, you've got to give sacrifices for yourself because you're not holy. So you've got to kill ox, bulls, goats, lambs, birds. You've got to do this as sacrifice, as offering, as payment of blood for forgiveness. You've got to be cleansed. I was reading one at supper time. I had to stop. I couldn't do it. I was getting a bit nauseous. Folks, did you kill any animals to walk in here this morning to meet with the living God? We didn't. Why? Because Jesus was the once and for all sacrifice. He fulfilled all of the Old Testament sacrifices. 
because God established, and there's two key things we have to focus on as we look at the sacrifice of Jesus. One is, there's a penalty for sin. So Adam and Eve, we looked at it last week, we talked about Adam and Eve, how God created them in the Garden of Eden. He gave them work to do. They were image bearers of God. They were made in the image of God, male and female. He put them in the garden, gave them work, be fruitful, increase, multiply, work the garden, tend it. It was good, paradise. They walked with God. And they disobeyed God. They didn't believe God. They didn't believe God's word. They thought God was holding out on them. They went selfish. They rebelled. All the different ways we use to describe sin. They missed the mark. They broke God's law. And there's consequences. And there was a curse given, as we looked at last week. And Jesus came to break the power of that curse. Because Adam and Eve, they gave the authority given to them, and they gave it to Satan. Satan usurped their authority. And the Bible says this, that Satan became prince of this air, prince of this world. And he began to rule. And guess what brought into this kingdom of planet Earth? Death, destruction, hate, anger. Cain kills Abel. Like, it, it's a mess. You say, what's the answer? What's the answer? More education, more technology, progress, growth, development, all good things. Uh, hasn't answered. God, sin's so serious, God had to enter into this world to deal with it. And so Jesus, as he sacrifices himself on the cross, he bears the sins of the world that we were in Adam, just as we're in Canada now, we're Canadian, we're under the rule and government of Canada, we are under the rule and government of being in Adam, our first father, and there were consequences that are born into. And Jesus sets us free from those consequences. But folks, even if we didn't have Adam, if we're all honest, Gabby just said it this morning, I'm working away, I'm strong, I'm independent, and what does our world tell us? Come on, you got this. I see it all the time, right? You got this. Come on, Ollie. You got this. No, you don't. <laughs> we don't. Gabby, I can do this. I got the drill. I'm strong, independent woman. I don't need anyone else. Blood. Help. <laughs> Should have just asked for help in the first place. Because our culture values strength, power, I can do this, you can do anything. So LeBron James this week, hey, I set the record, I think I'm the best. But we, folks, there's a selfishness in us. We don't need God. We don't need anybody else. And that kills us. And the good news is this, when Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of those curses. He paid the price, the penalty of sin. His sacrifice made a different way that no longer we have to be in Adam, we can now get into Christ and his kingdom. And we can be set free from even our own selfishness that leads to death. And that there can be a new way and God puts his Holy Spirit within us. And it's still a battle. But God empowers us because actually we're weak. I can't do this on my own. I need help. I've told you before, hashtag I am weak. It's not a very popular one. It doesn't trend on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag I am weak. but he is strong. That's the sacrifice. The penalty was paid. He took up our pain and suffering. He paid in full. God's justice is satisfied. The innocent for the guilty, an offering for our sin. Jesus justifies us. He gets us right with God. Sin separates. Jesus brings us in. 
And it's all a gift from God. It's the grace of God. And Jesus is just saying, believe me, follow me, trust me. And the Bible says we repent from the way we are going, we turn, and we follow Jesus. And there's this great exchange of our sin and our guilt and our shame and our unrighteousness and all those different things for his life, his righteousness, his wholeness, peace with God, eternal life. Jesus is the Savior. He brings salvation. He brings his kingdom. He brings peace for eternity. And folks, there's a sense of as we put our faith and trust and hope in Jesus, we are saved, we're born again, we're born of his spirit, we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, that there was a time, it's like a transaction, we were saved, but also it's this, we're being saved every day, that daily Jesus is sanctifying us, he's making us more like him, and folks, that's a thousand little choices every day to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit works in us. And in a sense, one day we will be saved. That one day we're going to see Jesus face to face and we're going to receive a new body and sin is going to be fully dealt with and Satan's going to be fully dealt with and death will be fully defeated and there's going to be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more cancer, no more anything. Hallelujah. It's going to be incredible. Paradise restored. New heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. We're going to live forever. We're going to be like Jesus we're going to worship. It's going to be awesome. It's going to put every halftime show at the Super Bowl to shame. <laughs> but here's the thing as we close. That kingdom that Jesus is ushering in. You remember Jesus? Everywhere he went, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Jesus on the cross. It is finished. Resurrection. I'm bringing in my kingdom. We live in this, what the Bible calls this now and not yet. The kingdom is now, but it hasn't yet fully come. And this is really important for us to understand because we're praying, as Jesus taught us to pray, we're praying for heaven to come to earth through us, and that's what we're praying. And with that comes righteousness and light and life and healing and restoration and deliverance and release. And so we're believing that, and we see breakthroughs, and we do. We see people healed today. We see God make a way. We see incredible answers to prayer. Yet, we face hardship and pain and suffering because the kingdom hasn't fully come yet. So Jesus bore the ultimate penalty. He defeated sin, Satan, and death. And more and more, his kingdom is ever increasing. The kingdom of peace but it hasn't yet fully come. That's why Jesus would say, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. How did he overcome the world? Through his death and resurrection. So salvation, there's two aspects. In the sense he brings peace with God for eternity. There's a legal thing. We're at peace with God. He's brought us close but there's everyday life that he gives us peace that we experience that passes or defies understanding. And that's the peace that he gives that the world can't give. So I just asked this question, how about you and I? Have you received this gift of being made right with God, of receiving his peace? Because you can only have that peace first in order to get the peace that he's with us, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that his Holy Spirit pours in the love of Christ, the love of the Father into our hearts. So this morning might be the first time, and for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we receive his peace and his grace again for the thousandth time. And your story can be a story God's peace that passes all understanding. And we have many stories in our church. And I'm going to get Gene to come in a moment. So we had Trevor share. We go to the next slide. And Graham with our men. On our podcast, we had different people. So Jerusha, I think, yeah, Jerusha's here this morning. 
and Drew has shared, so if you go to ChristCentral.ca or on our podcast, you're going to find some of the stories that we can't all share on a Sunday morning, but they're there to encourage us, and they point to Jesus. And Drusha shared last year about her journey, her health difficulties, and how God's... Betty shared, we interviewed Betty, her story. We just interviewed Kenyanga a couple weeks ago, so that just was released. And Kenyanga just shared, I mean, Congo, war, displacement, Burundi, Canada, like... Folks, all of these stories, hardship, suffering, pain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I've asked Jean Fallen if she would come this morning and just kind of want to earth what I'm preaching in experiential of someone from our body. And so Jean is going to come in a moment, and Paul was a dear, beloved member of our church for many, many, many years. And Paul died back in October. We had the funeral right um, here, and so I know this is pretty raw for Jean to come. Um, so I have it all written down that if she becomes a blubbering mess, which she's allowed to be, I will try to continue. But I was just trying to think, not everyone knows Paul and Jean's story, and as you're going to hear it, it's such a unique story of walking through pain, trial, suffering, hardship, and yet seeing Jesus. But it's also this, it demonstrates the now in the not yet. And so you'll see that in a minute. So Jean, I'm going to invite you to come and why don't you give Jean a hand just as she comes. I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep these ones. Thanks, Mark. Jean, I'm going to pull the chair over so you're a bit closer. And Emma, can I get your microphone maybe, please? And Emily, can you get my box of Kleenex in my book bag right there? And you, can you bring that to me, please? It's somewhere in there. You get lots of Kleenex. I, I meant it for me. I'm not worried about you. I'm going to be selfish. I'm worried about me. Oh, thanks, Emily. There we go. Lesson learned as a pastor, you always carry a box of Kleenex with you wherever you go. All right, Jean, thank you so much for being willing. I knew this was a bit soon, and I said, Jean, I think it would really encourage the church, and she's like, if it's going to encourage the church, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, bless you. All right, Jean, why don't you, um, and tears are okay, okay? So we're all right. But not everyone would know your story. Not everyone would know Paul's story. And so why don't you just give us some fact, like, when did you get married? And just some of the background, um, and then we'll get into some of the struggles, okay? And I need you to hold this right up. Right up here? Yep, right up there, okay? Um, so this is just a snapshot of my life with my husband, Paul. <laughs> we were married in 1980, and we were totally in love. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us extremely hard workers, and to be honest, and very ambitious to be, ex to be successful according to the world view. We golfed, we curled, we showed horses, we skied, we took dance lessons, we bought a heritage house before I was 21, renovated it, then we purchased two new houses. We were good money managers, and the world saw that as success. I tell you this like to say um, none of it's important mm. except that the fact that we took our marriage vows really seriously and when trouble hit, and it did, we loved each other a whole lot yeah. and had a Christian base from our childhood that we could lean on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Jean. I mean, we say, for those of us married, you know, in our vows, for rich or for poor, for better or for worse, but we don't always know what's coming, no. do we? No. no. All right. Well, Jean, if you don't mind, can you just share a little bit of maybe just sort of the chronological order of Paul's, you know, quite a long history of illness, but again, not, most people wouldn't know the details, so can you just help walk us through when did he first start to get sick, what from, and then there was various things along the way that would yeah. be helpful. Mm-hmm. 
So about eight to nine years after we were married, in around 1989, Paul received his first health crisis, and he was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and it was really aggressive. Mm -hmm. And within one year, he was no, ang he never worked. He was no longer able to work for mm -hmm. an employer. Yeah. He had tendon repairs, he had joint fusions, he had joint replacements, every year, and some year he had as many as three. Mm -hmm. In 1990, he was diagnosed with glomerulonephritis, and by 1999, mm -hmm. after many trips to specialists, we knew we were headed for dialysis and then a kidney transplant. In 2002, he went on dialysis, and 2004, he received a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. He had pneumonia three times and was hospitalized. And one of those times, he had a thrombosis or blood clot mm -hmm. in his leg from his thigh to his ankle. He had two undiagnosed viruses um, that almost took his life. Mm -hmm. He had, from the blood clot, he had to take warfarin, mm. and that caused a wound. Um, he got warfarin narcosis, mm -hmm. which is, um, from that, he mm -hmm. got a wound in his foot that had to be scraped uh, for the yeah. blood to flow, for the healing to begin, and oh. it was extremely painful. Yeah. And that was never completely healed until the day Paul died. He died of kidney failure and COVID pneumonia. Mm -hmm. um, and so Paul was sick uh, most of our married life, and he had some form of illness for 34 years. In that 34 years, he would have had pain level no less than four on any day that he lived, yeah. and some days nine. Yeah. So it was many, many years yeah. of sickness. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, Jean. Thank you. For so you can imagine, married, life sailing along, everything's good, golfing, curling, homes, everything, and then 34 years yeah. of hardship, suffering, physically, but also then all the mental, emotional, spiritual ups and downs. So, Gene, how, how did you and Paul do it? Like, just to be blunt, like, how did you stay married? How did you stay positive? Because I knew Paul and you guys, like, for, like, 17, 18 years, and I would almost say you would never know Paul was sick. I mean, except for, like, as far as he glowed, and he was positive, and he was always, like, not talking about him. He wanted to pray for you, and, like, how, how was all that possible? Can you just share some of that journey? In the 1990s, um, we just realized we were helpless. We were like just helpless. Um, and we just, I don't, we just both, we just consciously talked and just made a decision that we just had to root into Christ. Yeah. We were just going to rely on him. Yeah. We weren't going to blame anybody, and Paul was very much a person that always seen somebody else worse off than him. Mm -hmm. And he, he would just say to me, uh, uh, every day almost I would leave the house to go to work. My husband would say to me, Gene, remember to pray for so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, that just was his nature. Yep. So we just found our security in Christ mm -hmm. and trying to pray for others. Yeah. And which just seemed that God would just give us moments of time all the way through that we could just see blessings on ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. it, we've seen a blessing in most of the sickness. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sounds crazy, yeah. but it's absolutely the truth. Yeah. Whew. So, can you just share maybe a couple, you don't have to get into specifics, but in those blessings, like, what were some opportunities that for Paul and for you to serve during some of the harder hmm. times. It's quite remarkable. I mm -hmm. would say hospital settings where we got to witness to doctors 
sometimes almost in a cocky way, if I was to be honest, <laughs> we would just say, you know, we believe in prayer, we believe in healing, mm -hmm. and we're just going to stick with that. Yeah. And sometimes I would just say directly to the doctor, yeah, that's your diagnosis, but that's not God's. And, and, and you know, and, and the doctors would often, many times would say, you're still walking into the office. Yeah. They couldn't believe that Paul was still walking yeah. into doctor's offices. He shouldn't have been, and he was. Mm -hmm. And that was just pure prayer, prayer yeah. that people were praying for us all over. And it was just, it was valued, and um, God, we, I mean, yeah. there's no way that God wasn't in the sicknesses that he had. Yeah. People would come into the hospital and pray for Paul, and other people, the Holy Spirit would be working in the guy next, in the bed next to Paul. You know, like people that would say, they didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was, but they knew that the Spirit that people would come in pray yep. for Paul and it would be affecting in the guy in the bed next to him. Yep. So people were getting healed in a room of four. Two people were getting healed. My husband probably wasn't, <laughs> but, but the other two were. So we just took that as God's grace on us. And, and I know Paul would say, and, and, and many times, you know, he said, if one person in my room got saved, yeah. or one nurse, yeah. because the nurses were amazing, yeah. and God would just put, uh, he just had favor on us. Mm -hmm. He would put receptionists in doctor's offices that would knew, know somebody that knew us. Mm -hmm. They would get us into specialists sooner. Mm -hmm. um, uh, things like like things mm -hmm. like that were yep. just happening yep. everywhere we went. Yep. We were getting favor. Paul went to the hospital. We'll single Gail out just for a second. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Gail Pilgrim was, was there. She took his blood. Yeah. Like, you know, just like people were just putting places mm -hmm. in places that we needed them to be. Yes. Well said. Well said. So, yeah, I just have to ask in, kind of in closing, like, through this, for either you or Paul, like, did you ever doubt God? Like, did you ever question? Like, just help us. Like, how did you walk through such difficult things for both Paul and for you? Like, I mean, mm, yeah. Yeah. I remember times when I was, we would be completely frozen in fear. Mm. Like, I'm talking fear like you could not even imagine because we just knew the end of life yes. might come. Yeah. And I don't know, it would just be, uh, the Holy Spirit just seemed to come at those times, either through a person or sometimes through a scripture, sometimes we just hold on to each other. Mm -hmm. I can remember driving home in the car one time when he got a really bad diagnosis and we didn't say anything, mm -hmm. but we just knew and we would just hold each other and sometimes we just hold each other's hands. Yeah. Sometimes in bed we would just, I would just lay my hand on his back mm -hmm. and I just could feel that he just, ha. Ah. Mm -hmm. He just knew that I was praying for him. Yeah. And there's just something to be said for knowing who to reach out to yes. when you need to reach yes. out. Yes. And it's not man, mm -hmm. it's not money, it's mm -hmm. not jobs, it's not anything that this world will tell you will help you. You just learn that God's the only place to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that we had if we didn't have a church community mm -hmm. and we just knew that the church was praying for us and people would come into the funeral home at, from time to time and they would say, I would say my name was Jean and they'd say, Jean oh. works at the funeral home, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. Not it's true, not everybody it, knows. Not, not, not everyone right. knows, and so it's, not, it's not your usual home. place that you would hang out, <laughs> exactly. so I just thought I'd better clarify. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so people would come in and they'd say, oh, you're Paul's gene. Mm -hmm. You're the one that we pray for in our group. Mm -hmm. So the ministers that I deal with every day mm -hmm. were telling people in their churches about my situation, mm -hmm. and we were being prayed for all over the city of Fred. Yes, that's right. Like yeah. I just love the city of Fredericton. Mm -hmm. 
the clergy here, yes. like they were just so kind. And they would just be, they just, I don't know, they were looking mm -hmm. after their flock, but they were yeah. looking after us as well. Yeah. Because they would be sharing. Yes. The, the story with people and yeah. women's groups and mm -hmm. would be praying for us. Yeah. So that, I think, gave us strength. There yes. is nothing in this world like the power of prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is nothing no. in this world like the power of prayer. Yeah. Amen. So, Gene, one last thing, okay? And mm -hmm. then we're just about done. If you're able, can you just read that last Where am I going? paragraph? We're on the very last paragraph. Um, why don't you just read that last paragraph okay. out, if that's okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, we'll end with that, all right? Yeah. Paul and I never waved on our faith that Jesus God heals. Mm -hmm. That being said, there were times when we were both frozen in our fear. Those were the times that we realized, mm -hmm. relied on others to hold our hand in prayer and take us through. This is the reason to belong to a community of believers, mm -hmm. and that's called church. Mm -hmm. When you reach the end of the rope, they tie another rope on and swing you to a better place at Christ. <laughs> Totally, I believe that God heals, even though Paul's healing had to happen in death. Mm -hmm. He lived longer and better than conceived possible with all the weaknesses in his human body, thanks to the healing power of prayer and the belief that God is in control today. He lives pain-free. Mm -hmm. My pain and my tears I shed is, n is from the separation. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was on the cross mm -hmm. and he cried out, he knew the separation. Yes. I know God knows my separation. Yes. Not from the death of my husband, because now I know he lives. Mm -hmm. I yeah. can face tomorrow. That's right. Some days it's difficult, yep. but I know I can. Well done, Jean. Just stay here a second. Yep. 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 Give Jean a hand. Mm -hmm. All right. Just stay here just a second. I want to pray with you. All right. Let me just go over a couple of things. This is what I want. I mean, this is such a powerful thing. When you reach the end of the rope, the church, they tie another rope on and swing you to a better place with Christ. Oof. Folks, that's a keeper. <laughs> that's asking, that's getting help. Jesus, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Well, Gene, I just want to pray for you, and I thank you so much. I know this is very difficult, but I know we live in the good of you just being open and honest and transparent and just sharing about your pain, but also Jesus in the midst of it all. So let me just pray for you for a moment, okay? And you guys can join with me. So why don't you just extend a hand where you are, if you don't mind, if you're comfortable doing that. We just want to pray for Jean. Lord, we thank you, God, for Jean's life and your hand upon it. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for her story and for Paul's story of trusting you through very difficult hardships over 34 years pain and suffering, and yet, God, you've been glorified. You were there with them. You sustained them. Lord, we give you the glory and the credit, and we honor, and we thank you. And Lord, I just pray for Jean now. Fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit. May she know the peace that defies and passes all understanding. May she know that you never leave her nor forsake her, but Lord, you were with her. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Jean, if you have it in you, would you be able to pray for us? Yeah. Would that be okay? Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, uh, I know we might have different ones here going through a very difficult time. Um, if that's you, why don't you just maybe put your hand out or put your hand up, and I'm just going to ask Jean to pray for you and that for those online as well, okay? So thank you, Jean. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, 
may the power of prayer and the knowledge we have that we know that the power of prayer makes a difference in our lives make a difference in our lives yes when we shed tears like we shed tears in the rain mm. we take that rain like the holy spirit and that Holy Spirit mm -hmm. comes down on us. And Heavenly Father, mm -hmm. I pray that the people that need healing, yes. Yes. Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. they know mm -hmm. that when they reach and go to you and they call on your name, yes. you are a capable yes. healer. Yes. You are the one who heals. Yes. You are the one who changes lives. Yes. You are the one who changes hearts. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I pray healing yes. on Trevor. Yes. I pray healing on Grain. Yes. I pray healing for all of those yes. that held their hands up. Mm -hmm. But those that didn't hold their hands <laughs> up, Lord Jesus, I pray a <laughs> powerful prayer yeah. that you will heal those as well. Yes, God. Mm -hmm. Lean. Let us lean on you. Yes. Lean on you and run into that safe tower that you have for us. Yes. Heavenly Father. Yep. We just make a commitment to mm -hmm. know that the power of prayer mm -hmm. is what changes lives mm -hmm. and changes destinations of mm -hmm. lives. Yes, God. Yep. Mm -hmm. I ask in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm that we renew yes, every God. ounce yes. of our thoughts, Lord yes. Jesus, yes. that think that you cannot heal, mm. to know that you can definitely heal, yeah. you can definitely restore, yes. you can rebuild, mm -hmm. and you can restore us to new. Yes. And Heavenly Father, I pray yeah. that we see this on earth. Yeah and that the end result is not always death. Mm -hmm. Healing in death is wonderful mm -hmm. and it gives great peace, mm -hmm. but healing on earth gives great joy. Yes, that's right. In Jesus' His name, name I pray. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jean. Yes. Thank you, Jean. Bless you. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Jean. Why don't we stand if you're able? And we're going to sing. And again, our song is really a response to what we've just heard and saying a yes in our heart to Jesus. And then I think maybe we'll see if God has something maybe specific to pray into as well. Okay, Mark, I'll hand things to you. Thank you.